This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile house plants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. At Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! And now, it's time for Coach Hogg's Locker Room. Coach Hogg here for the moment uh, in the Coach Hogg locker room uh, in the Melvin Law Studio in the Warthog Manly Man Command Center in the Piney Woods. And I got to tell you, it's the Piney Woods of North uh, Central Florida. If I stop to blow my nose or disappear for a moment to be polite and not let you uh, witness me uh, trying to deal with the pollen, why I apologize, I apologize, I apologize, I apologize, but I'll do the best I can. Uh, it's a uh, we need rain, really, to wash this stuff off the pine trees and out of the oak trees and off the grass and off the cars and everything else and under the sun that it's doing here now. So it's a little bit uh, hazy. Maybe we'll accomplish that. I'm not too sure. But uh, meanwhile, a lot of us are coughing and uh, blowing our noses and things of that nature. So bear with us. We are back in the graces of YouTube right now. So uh, hello, Rochelle Reaver. I have missed you. And thanks for tuning in. Um, we're back on the YouTube in case, but we're still on a video to post and uh, all the above. As you know, the censorship is alive and well, and uh, we uh, have to tread uh, around certain words that trigger their little algorithms. But never fear, we've got a tremendous show today. That's going to be another one of these ones that only the Ward Scott Files uh, will be bringing your way. So uh, you want to, good morning, Robert Wolfer, you want to um, stay close to the um, uh, show today because I'm going to go through a pretty complicated situation and it will take me a little while to do it carefully. And I can tell you furthermore, it's a work in progress. So uh, right now, um, I just want to do a little Coach Hogg's locker room and say that the season has come to a close for our Cinderella team, uh, the later Gator basketball team. Um, they ended up with a 20 and 10 season record. And um, it's kind of a disappointment to those of us who had been writing this comment known as um, uh, Coach Kelly, who um, really was um, uh, stellar in bringing his team into the uh, national limelight. And uh, they could have um, been uh, maybe, I don't know, I'm just speculating. She might have been up for Coach of the Year, but uh, the team lost the last three games. And that didn't help her cause anyway. And the team ended up 20 and 10. Um, they lost Sunday in a very, very exciting game. I, I have to say all their games are exciting. They're very competitive. And they lost to uh, Missouri, which had a 19 and 11 record. They lost 78-73. And uh, before that, they had gone out and locked to LSU, you know, to a packed 13,000 uh, seat stadium, unbelievable field, uh, Coliseum filled, and barely lost to that team, which had a 23 and four record, a 66 to 61. Um, that probably was understandable 
And, you know, we could, we could tolerate that, if you will. It had all the, um, you know, activities that you would expect a top-rate performance to bring. Uh, but then it went to Vanderbilt, which is a weird place to play. It's, it's a basketball floor is laid out unlike any basketball floor I've ever seen, as if it were an afterthought to a stage. Um, and Vanderbilt had a losing record, 13 and 16, and they lost up there to Vanderbilt, 63 to 59. Um, that really, really maybe some of us could have, but that was just a very disappointing. So we all come over yesterday to watch, hopefully would be uh, the last game of the season, which would be a victory. And I'll be darned if they don't lose to Missouri, 78 to 73. And Missouri had a 19 and 11 record. Um, now, the SEC tournament for the women starts March 3rd. Uh, they, the Gators are scheduled to play, as I understand it, at 3.30 p.m. with their opponent to be announced. So that's really my Coach Hogg's locker room today. Um, we had a, a, a very a very exciting run with um, the Lady Gators, and uh, we'll see what the future brings. Um, they're going to lose a couple of their key players, but they keep some others. And hopefully they'll be able to uh, take advantage of uh, their reputation a little bit more now and recruit some replacements for those players. And it remains to be seen what's going to be the uh, final outcome of the coach, whether the coach stays in an interim or she has a lot of offers, I hear, from a lot of places. Uh, so we'll see how that all turns out. Um, so that's my Coach Hogg's locker room for today. It's, uh, it's a, very, uh, a very exciting uh, season. Uh, uh, I found myself, you know, captivated by uh, them, uh, and I, I really got to the place where I didn't want to miss a game. Uh, very, very, very best price in all of Gatorland. Uh, $2 a ticket has been uh, lately the, the uh, cost. And yesterday, my golly, we made off with more goodies, T-shirts and fanny packs and all sorts of things were given away on senior day. So <clears throat> that was also a treat. And a lot of children, kids come to this and they uh, I love that. It's almost like Halloween for them or Christmas. Um, today, I got to thank, uh, once again, the research team. Uh, the research team is uh, a, a vast community organization that really is extended beyond the local county lines, the local lines of the cities. Uh, it really is all throughout the state. It's all throughout the nation. Um, many members of the research team uh, co uh, contact uh, Ward Scott himself here and say, hey, listen, you know, we're going to give this information to you because we know that you will put it out there. You'll give it a thorough, fair, honest treatment. And this has got to be known in the community. And oftentimes it turns out that we might even be the only ones to have said it. Uh, we've got two or three of these very hot items running right now. Uh, one which I'm going to keep you updated on as it develops is the um, um, so-called task force formed by Brian Kramer and Derry Lloyd with, with the exclusion of the sheriff, all the sheriffs, really, in the District 8 uh, court circuit. So we'll be running that story as things develop. Um, uh, the other story that we're watching, and then uh, uh, Tim Martin and I have been called out from the actual podium publicly, and much to my surprise, I had no idea that I was perceived as persona non grata by Tina Certain to the extent that I am, but that's okay. And, you know, that's, that's all part of the territory. Um, uh, we got this developing school board story, which is today really got some very damning information, if you will, if you're a Carly Simon fan, Carly Simon. Dr. Simon, I'm sorry about that. Dr. Simon fan for uh, the school superintendent. He's got some damning information here. Um, 
it's been fed to us uh, uh, through the research team. And um, I'm going to share with you that which I can share, which uh, I've been given permission to share. Uh, and then I'm going to also try to give you the story behind the story so that you understand what, what, what you're seeing. Um, this is something that I was not aware of. I do not keep track per se of the school board, except to say that I, of course, uh, used to um, teach and coach at Gainesville High years ago. Um, uh, in fact, um, um, students there uh, st started at one point a writing award in my name. Um, um, you know, you know the whole story, I suppose, of me then going to Santa Fe College, being a professor now, professor emeritus. Um, so I've been in the, I've been in the classroom. I always stayed in a classroom. I never wanted to be an administrator. Um, to me, the real action was right there, either on the field or in the classroom. That's where the teaching goes on. Uh, and, and so I wasn't really interested. But I knew, of course, a lot of the administrators. I knew how the power structure worked. Uh, I was president of the Senate at the college. I was a president of uh, the um, organization that, um, I've forgotten the name of it now, that uh, was, was the political organization for Gainesville High <clears throat> at the time. So somehow, some way, it's always come my way. But um, <clears throat> I want to set a little bit of a stage here for you, keep my uh, uh, voice somehow available. Uh, there is a, a, um, an accusation about uh, Dr. Simon that um, uh, uh, she is uh, vindictive, uh, uh, arbitrary and capricious in her uh, behavior. I have witnessed enough of her to believe that she's a, a puppet for what was to be a black power group of the school board, which fizzled uh, at least momentarily with Dion McGraw falling on her, her own petard by actually being elected from the wrong district. Uh, that really uh, was dynamite to the plans of the, in my, I'm just now giving you my observations and my interpretation of what was going on. That was really dynamite to the plans of those who were all caught up in the critical race theory and um, all that sort of business. And then the jockeying of schools and the, um, the, the hue and cry that, you know, the black children are getting uh, the, the, uh, the raw deal and all this and had been done. So by the expense and benefit of the white children, that sort of thing. Uh, so it's, I, my and I believe me, I know a lot about uh, superintendents and I've known a lot of them and been friends and understand all that role. So I'm not a newcomer to this thing. Um, I, uh, you know, I'll just leave it at that right now. And I stay in contact uh, with a couple of them. So, um, and not just in this district, but um, there, there is a, of course an accusation that um, I didn't really have any information on, any documentation on, but documentation has come forth now that I'm going to take very carefully and go through uh, this hour with you and let you draw your own conclusions. Um, this, strangely enough, uh, uh, hinges around a, uh, a school called Shell Elementary. And what I've been able to understand is that uh, Shell Elementary is the uh, uh, part of the whole continuum of education in Hawthorne. Uh, there's Hawthorne Middle School uh, and, uh, and, and the high school community, high school. Um, but Shell Elementary is the focus of this particular uh, expose, if you will, has been provided with, to me uh, by members of the research team. And I've spent quite a little bit of time since getting this and familiarizing myself as much as possible with this and consulting people who have 
taught in the K through 12 system who know these people. Uh, some of them know Simon all the way back to the time that she was a little kid in the elementary schools here. That's whom I've talked to who know her that far back. Um, so uh, uh, I've got a lot of background information on who she is and where she's come from. And of course, uh, the McNeely people and the Certains uh, uh, and all that crowd I've known for quite a while. And I know what the real truth is about them. So um, the, the, the deal here around Shell is pretty interesting. I've spent a lot of time uh, unpacking it, as they say. And if any of you want to contribute any questions or any information to help me with this, this is a work in progress. So if I, I apologize if something is not quite uh, the way uh, you've heard it or you understand it, uh, I'm fully here to, to tell you that I'm basing this on information that's been fed to me by the research team. And they even say it's a work in progress. So uh, apparently um, on 10-21-21, there was a meeting at Hawthorne High School scheduled and the purpose was to establish a joint PTA among Shell Elementary, uh, the principal with whom was uh, uh, Holly Burton. And uh, Holly Burton is married to a fellow named Scott Burton. This will become important, who is uh, associated with Camp Crystal Lake, Lake uh, the, the camp at Crystal Lake. So um, this becomes a part of the whole story. Um, uh, one of the curious things that I've been uh, that I've, I've uh, been given information about is uh, a McNeely and uh, 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 a road. Uh, I mean, it's, and, you know, I'm got shoot, shoot, let me just get the complicated notes here. McNeely and uh, uh, let's see who rode together here. Two of the school board members rode together, which uh, uh, really makes a very, very, uh, let me just reference for who the other one was. Um, I, oh, I'm certain, I'm certain that McNeely uh, rode together to this to this meeting. Now, I'm, let me just tell you, let me stop and tell you, having been a, 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 a city manager, um, you don't give the appearance of impropriety, right? You do not give the appearance, yes, here it is, Lots of school board members, McNeely and certain, uh, traveled to this meeting from the information I've got in the same vehicle. And that, uh, that gives the public a perception. And I assure you that I would, I, would, I would not have gotten in that car if I were McNeely with uh, certain, or if I were certain, I would not have gotten in there with McNeely. Um, that's just asking for problems. On the other hand, I can tell you that uh, the state attorneys almost never, ever, uh, touch Sunshine Law violations. Uh, this one didn't. Cervone uh, wouldn't touch it. Uh, I doubt Kramer will touch it. I've been before Kramer. I've argued on behalf of a, uh, already a situation that happened in Hawthorne with Plum Creek. Um, they wouldn't touch it. Of course, Cervone was the uh, state attorney then, but I, uh, de uh, you know, Kramer debriefed me and, uh, and, and nothing, nothing came of it. So just let it be known that toward certain and McNeely to ride to the meeting in the same in the same vehicle um, gives the public the perception that the Florida Sunshine Law is violated. Uh, this is this is um, I'm just going to put that note. It's in the notes that were given to me. And I'm going to say so right now, I've always suspected and it's very difficult to prove. I've always suspected that there is collusion among at least among McNeely, Certain, and probably McGraw when she was there uh, on the school board, uh, behind the scenes, off the dais. I can't prove it. I don't know it. But here, 
you have the public perception noted because they arrive in a vehicle. That's pretty darn hot. That's pretty close to uh, crossing the line, as we say. So they arrived for this uh, supposed, uh, and uh, why were they there? And uh, why were no other school board members there, according to the information I've gotten uh, on this uh, October 21st meeting at 21? Um, this purpose was to establish a joint PTA me uh, meeting among these three entities. And the only two school board members there were McNeely and Certain who rode together. Um, uh, they sat on the dais together. And uh, uh, this is some of the notes that I'm getting. Um, so uh, Simon was not invited to this meeting, but she appeared and uh, uh, she uh, took a seat of someone who was supposed to run the meeting. She displaced that person from running the meeting. Um, that's in the notes I've been given. Uh, that, that, that will be maybe brought out because uh, and, and there's some legal actions that are going on here that I'm going to brief you on in a moment. That um, Simon arrived and, and seated herself at the center of the dais. Um, she displaced the person who was supposed to be running the meeting. And, um, and then she made a surprise announcement. This was a surprise announcement um, that there were plans for a new K-12 school to be built in Hawthorne to replace Chester Shell Elementary. A surprise announcement, a surprise visit. Uh, I'm not even sure it's a posted meeting. I'm not even sure since you only have two school board members there, you don't have a quorum. Um, that any, any real action can take place, that's something that needs to be looked into. Let me just make certain that you understand uh, that that's something you, uh, the public should probably be looking into. Um, uh, McNeely then, in, in full view then, and you have to wonder how she knew this was coming, uh, uh, took the position that um, she would support this. And uh, it was a surprising announcement and surprising appearance by Simon so what, what do you, what do you, uh, how does McNeely know to support this plan is a question that's come out of this. And, and uh, you know, wh where do you go with that? It's, um, it's um, just something that um, comes up in the notes I'm given, and I'm just asking some questions about it as a, as a member of the public. I mean, and, and I got a little bit more uh, authority or experience in the member of the public. I'm also a former manager, so I know about what you should be doing and should not be doing if you're a commissioner or member of a board. So, um, you know, Simon surprising, there's a couple of three things here that bother me. Simon showing up surprisingly, uh, certain McNeely riding together, and then McNeely supporting the surprise announcement uh, that nobody else seemed to know about there. Um, uh, Holly Burton, who is the principal of Shell Elementary, as I understand it, or was at this time, opposed the new K through 12 beat uh, building because of the elementary school's historical significance. And evidently during this discussion, Simon did not appreciate the historical significance of the building. Um, the, the, the hidden, the hidden uh, agenda in all this is that evidently from what I've been able to determine, uh, the Shell Elementary is a low, quote unquote, low performing school, low performing school, which is heavily minority. So, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just, presenting what I have been given as observable facts uh, by somebody who has sent this from the research team to me. I'm going to let you talk about this and make up your minds about it and among yourselves and pursue it if you find it interesting. Uh, in my uh, research before I went on the show, I asked a couple of people who are pretty involved with uh, what's going on at the school board, and they were unaware of the Shell Elementary is, uh, situation which I am now going through very carefully with you. 
as carefully as I can uh, on, on the, with, the, with the notes that I've been given and the uh, by the research team. So it, it appears, and, and as I say, uh, the public can flesh this out more, um, that um, uh, um, the Bur Holly Burton opposed this new building. After all, it appears also that she was totally surprised by it. Um, but that McNeely and um, uh, uh, some another another single teacher whose whose name I'm going to admit omit because I I've been I've been asked to sort of leave that out and I'm, you can determine that uh, was the only one uh, on uh, who who the thirty teachers later all the teachers there objected to this but there was one teacher and you have to ask yourself if that teacher was uh, alerted ahead of time because evidently it was some sour grapes because this teacher had unsuccessfully applied for a dean position and Holly Burton would have been the one who would have accepted or rejected this person's application as a dean. Uh, and evidently that application was rejected. Now, isn't it funny that that person shows up at this unannounced meeting uh, to side with McNeely and, and, uh, and, and, and certain uh, uh, and Simon against uh, Holly Burton. Um, that's the way the uh, jigsaw puzzle is being put, going together right now. And I'm putting it out there for you all to take a look at it and, and see if you uh, can, can fill in the dots or you understand this. Um, so this gentleman had unsuccessfully applied for the dean position. Uh, and, and at this testimony, it was apparently given by this fellow that he vowed to straighten out the school and McNeely vowed to follow up on that with him, straighten out the school. Uh, here's the issue again um, that seemed to be running through the Alachua County School Board conversations, a low performing minority schools. And, uh, you know, somebody's head apparently is going to swing because of these low performing minority schools. Uh, that seems to be a pattern that's coming up again and again and again. And one of the things I guess, and I think it's a ruse, personally, having been in the classroom all these years, is, is one of the things that's supposed to straighten this out is some superimposement uh, of the critical race theory and uh, all the above into the curriculum that supposedly will help the, um, the low performing schools. Uh, that, that's not the three R's to me. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, the, this, the word got out and these shell teachers were very upset that McNeely consulted with this person who'd been rejected as the dean. Uh, 30 employees, spoke out against this, and 30 is probably most of the employees since Shell is a small school. So I'm going to pause right there and check and see if there are any questions coming in um, that you might want to ask me. Um, this is, um, uh, once again, uh, thank, thank the research team for providing me with information. Uh, research team members have provided me information about, uh, of course, the task force which we exposed uh, and for the community to think about and talk about. Uh, this is entirely being given to you for you to think about and talk about and uh, um, and perhaps um, take our arms against the sea of trouble and by so opposing in them. Uh, you know where that comes, don't you? That comes from to be or not to be. That is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune or to take arms and, you know, that whole thing. That's Shakespeare, that's Shakespeare and Hamlet's uh, soliloquy. So um, uh, oh, now... Um, let me let me just watch. Uh, I don't know, Tim. It doesn't appear to me that the meeting was public notice. But as I say, I'm, I'm beginning to see that the rules don't really matter. Um, 
from the notes that I've been given, uh, let me just check back because Tim Martin's very knowledgeable being a commissioner. Um, there was a community meeting. This is what it's called. Okay, Tim, a community meeting was scheduled. And the purpose of the meeting was to establish a joint PTA for Hawthorne schools and for the community to discuss how it could support the schools. McNeely and certain, uh, Tim, were invited guests. Simon was not invited, okay? Now that's very critical. Let me repeat that. Uh, certain and McNeely were invited. They did ride together in the same car, which I would never have done. Uh, Simon was not invited. Simon shows up, however, and uh, begins to take over the meeting and uh, everything else from what I'm telling you right now is as I've been given it by the research team. Does that help, Tim? I, I suppose it doesn't have an agenda. If it does, it's apparently, Tim, violated the agenda. If it's a noticed meeting, um, uh, this was to be a, uh, I'm talking with Tim Martin right now, whom I'm watching. Um, this is supposed to be, if it's a public meeting, a noticed meeting, and there's a lot of things that go along with a noticed meeting. It doesn't appear to be, and if it were noticed, uh, what the agenda, if there is one, what it is, it's deviated from. If the agenda was to discuss a PTA meeting, uh, it certainly gets sidetracked by Simon, who interjects, who was not invited, a different item to be discussed. Now, this I'm understanding from some notes I'm seeing coming in has been kept in the shadows. Uh, we're getting it out of the shadows right now. We're getting it out of the sunlight. Now, you all who listen to this, you have to distribute it among your networks. You have to distribute this discussion. We're going to post what we can post in a moment. And uh, we're going to put it in Ward's Hot Bulletin Board. And we're all going to, also going to distribute it to other outlets. But I'm not going to put it up just yet till I go through the background material. Because this is going to be the, the entire show. It's going to have to take uh, place in two parts. So uh, we're working up to uh, the background of what is this discussion. So... Um, uh, um, here, here is uh, here is where it, it kind of it kind of gets sticky from this point on. Holly Burton is married to a fellow named Scott Burton, who is uh, associated with uh, the Camp Crystal Lake, and has been um, uh, running that for quite some time, as I understand it. So, uh, uh, this this is. Um, let me just check the notes a little bit more here to understand how this works, uh, how he gets involved. Uh, on Friday, October 29th, this is, um, let's see, uh, uh, um, eight days later after this thing at, uh, at, uh, at uh, um, Hawthorne, where people didn't take kindly to, show, uh, to Simon's behavior, um, Scott Burton was called to Simon's office. And... Uh, she began to question him about his living arrangement at Kent Crystal. Um, this is um, according to his job description. And I've done some, some research on Camp Crystal. Um, the a person who uh, runs Camp Crystal uh, is required to live at the camp and maintain a flexible weekday and weekend hours. Um, he's the director of Camp Crystal and um, uh, Directors of, at Camp Crystal are uh, uh, traditionally provided family housing at no expense to the employee. This includes all utilities and satellite services. And um, uh, this is important because I'm going to tell you this is where the vindictive behavior of Simon comes into question because I'm getting ready 
to, to put down a detail now, which I'm going to let you all conclude you think, if you think this is fair game. Now, let's, let's get this straight. Let me, re, let me, as I understand it, there's a routine meeting call on the 21st uh, in, the 20, uh, in 2021 uh, of October uh, to talk about a PTA meeting to help, uh, you know, coordinate uh, uh, activities among uh, and between Shell, the elementary, the middle, and then the high school Hawthorne. Uh, that meeting uh, uh, is suddenly interrupted, if you will. All of McNeely and certain are invited. They ride in the same car and also interrupted by the arrival of Simon, who was not uh, invited, who uh, uh, takes the place of the person who's supposed to be running the meeting uh, and then introduces the fact that uh, they're going to build a new school and, you know, and, uh, and, and nobody's been consulted about it. And uh, the principal of it, Holly Burton, <clears throat> wants to know more about it and what her position she evidently took. Simon uh, dismissed outright. So a week later, and you have to assume, I'm going to let you fill in the blanks, Simon's husband is called in uh, to, and questioned about his living arrangements at the camp. Okay? We're going to take a break right there because this is the suspenseful moment when uh, I'll let you um, take it from here with me. Of course, you've been with me so far and let you think, uh, uh, you know, sort this out, what I'm about to tell you and, 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 and what I've just read myself in the last 24, 48 hours uh, to familiarize myself with this whole situation. Let's take a bottom of the hour break, uh, uh, please, uh, production, for uh, a break in a moment. We'll be right back and I'll continue this story with you. If you have any questions, I'm checking Facebook chat right now. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are On the Spot Dry Cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, RR Construction, Gators Dockside, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. If your brains were lard, you couldn't grease a small frying pan. <laughs> to call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people. Achtung, Achtung. The papers are not in order. Step out of the line and report to the inspection station. We are going to search your belongings. Much schnell. At Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. All right, welcome back to Ward Scott Files here. I'm looking at the Facebook chat coming in. <clears throat> and, uh, trying to summarize in my mind here as I look at. <clears throat> uh, so here we are, um, Burton is called in. And now this job description, according to some of the things I'm uh, wondering here, seeing is, uh, you know, 
sought after coveted position. Um, it's something that, um, um, you know, you, you get people go up there and, you know, it's traditional that they get perks. That's the way it's always worked. And um, so all of a sudden, <clears throat> uh, Burton, who really hasn't been in figure, you know, uh, Scott Burton, who really hasn't figured into this at all, except that he has, he's married to Holly Burton, who happens to be the principal of Shell Elementary. Um, he lives out at Camp Crystal. All of a sudden he's called in. Imagine, I'm trying to imagine what it's like to be called in by the superior. Uh, you know, you, you pace your heart quickens a little bit. You wonder what the hell did I do now? And why me? And where's this coming from? And all of a sudden you call down to Simon's office to come to her presence. And all of a sudden, this is what she starts asking him. Uh, at this meeting, according to the notes I've been given um, and the information I've been getting, um, Burton is told by Simon he must sign a lease with the Elantra County School Board if he's going to continue living at the camp. Now, I'm going to stop right there and, and, and see how that set, sits with some of you all. Um, uh, you, April Barefoot Tisher, she's talking a lot. Do you, do you know of anybody who's ever had to sign a lease to live there? April, do you know anybody ever had to sign a lease? So that's what we have information from the research team. And he was called in a week later, eight days later, by Simon, who appeared without notice, without notice, as I understand it. All this is to be corrected if information comes in and counters it. Um, uh, at the meeting at, about Shell Elementary. And all of a sudden, her husband's called in and said, hey, listen, buddy, uh, you don't longer have the privileges of living at the camp. Uh, you need to go ahead and uh, assign a lease. And um, the um, signing a lease, as I understand it, has never been a term or a condition or job or employment contract or demand of the school board. And there are people here watching who know this better than I uh, are required of any previous camp director. OK, any previous camp director. Now, if you're looking for a smoking gun, that Simon is a vindictive person, I'd have to say here's something I would go investigate more. I, I would take a look at this pretty hotly. Uh, you know, the timing of this. Uh, uh, yes, April says, and don't we have in resident persons living on many school properties? Do they sign a lease? So here's something that you can put your, uh, 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 you know, to, to your mind to work on or, or you know, you can check out further um, about uh, whether or not there's anybody before this this man who's ever been asked to sign a lease. Um, also, he was then questioned about allowing his children to attend the camp. Um, and he explained that his children live there. His children live there. And that the only filled paid spaces had been vacated when the campers who paid for them did not appear at the camp. So there is some super investigation of this gentleman going on. I have to ask you all, is this normal for this gentleman to have been called in because, you know, he is married to the uh, woman who didn't agree with the superintendent uh, in the presence of McNeely and certain, but not the entire school board. Is this appropriate? Is this normal behavior for this gentleman to be put under the heat lamp like this? Um, and uh, furthermore, it looks as if district policy allows Camp Crystal employees, children to have a free week at the camp. And during other times, they can attend classes. Um, this has never been something that has been, and correct me if I'm wrong or correct me if the information I'm getting is wrong, uh, something that is an itemized chit for chat 
uh, I, you know, cost and, and uh, to the, you know, that has to be made up somehow by the, uh, you know, the school board, you know? So um, uh, this, this is, uh, this is, um, uh, then uh, it, it gets even, it, it gets even stickier. And I'm going to get into that in just a moment with you. I, I am just, you know, like you, I'm going through this stuff. So a week later, Scott is called to Simon's office. Simon's issues are uh, she wants Burton to sign a lease to live at the camp. Previous directors receive free room and board. Living there is a job requirement. If you're going to run the thing, you've got to live there. Now, Camp Crystal is way to heck up near Stark, as I understand it. And Burton's wife is down in Hawthorne. So I'm just trying to figure the geographies out. Now, uh, there, she questions Burton's children attending the camp. School board of Alachua County employees have always been allowed to attend parents' schools, for example. Okay? If, and this is the case. If, if you're a teacher at school A, uh, your kids can attend school at school A. <clears throat> okay? So Burton's children live there. And they took the place of campers who signed up and who didn't come. Uh, district policy, as I understand it, allows for Camp Crystal Lake employees' children a free week at Camp Crystal. So this is, I'm going to leave it to you. You guys are listening, quite a number of you, and you can figure this out, okay? So uh, Simon then, on November 5th, according to the notes I have, accused Burton, the man, Scott Burton, of fraud and misuse of taxpayers' funds financial mismanagement, theft by gift, ethical violations, I ain't through, and this email pointed out that uh, in this email where he was accused of all this, I don't have a copy of the email, but it's out there, uh, that Scott and Holly are married, which is considered to be totally irrelevant, yet, yet, you, you figure it out, okay? You figure it out. Scott Burton has the same, as near as I can tell from the people who supplied me this information, has the very same living arrangements at Camp Crystal Lake as previous directors have had. One of Simon's first concerns, okay, was about Dish Network bill. Was, was Scott paying the Dish Network bill? Well, well, well. Dish Network was there when he got there. Um, she also points out that Scott doesn't, Burtons don't pay property taxes. Well, guess what? They don't own the camp. The school board does. So are you, are you, uh, at issue is fundamentally whether Simon should be fired. That's behind all this. But so the next question is, why should Simon be fired? The answer is that she's vindictive. So the question is an arbitrary and mean to employees and has mistreated employees. The next question is, is what I'm presenting to you, this has been supplied to me by the research team, evidence of that. I'll let you draw the conclusion. 
So Simon further accuses Scott of giving away tax dollars to friends. Uh, uh, and all he's doing is uh, uh, kids who come who apply um, who didn't come. So you see, she says, if I understand this right, when these kids who applied to Camp Crystal didn't come, you let your kids come, you did what? You took away tax dollars from the public. Well, then we have, and I'm not going to mention the guy's name. I've already seen it appear on here. A former, a former short-term Camp Crystal employee, I know the guy's name, who wants Burton's job begins to be used by Burton. Okay, begins to be used by Bert. I mean by Simon to further put the heat on Burton. <clears throat> now, I'm going to go through the notes here, which are pages and pages of them. Um, here is the here is the item thirty four. Simon is now trying to gather, at this juncture, Simon decides, according to the notes here, you take it and run with it. Hey, I, if any of this is not so, I, I, I'm telling this is all alleged, okay? All alleged. Simon needed somebody to get evidence on Burton, and it, this fellow, whose name I'm not going to bring up, was only too glad to assist, apparently. It is apparently common knowledge that he wants Burton's job. Okay. He becomes a witness for Simon, although he's only worked there from August 2019 through 2020. There was no camp in 2020 because of the pandemic. Okay. All right. There you are. Now, what's running consistently through all this that I can see is that Burton has not acted in any manner different from any other camp director so far. And that there have been some accusations made here that are on the heels and totally unrelated to Shell Elementary. Okay? That's where I am right now. Now, let me see where we are. And now I'm getting close to putting up this. Uh, um, furthermore, it seems that if Scott, and this is just something I'll let you think about. Uh, Scott Burton has been locked out of the school board of Alachua County email documents, has not been able to get any evidence to help support his case. There have never been any complaints against Scott Burton. Four days, okay? Four days. Check this out, my friends. Four days after accusations against Scott, Simon gives Holly a low performance evaluation, which is her first in 20 three years. <clears throat> First in 23 years. 
some names are popping up here, but, uh, you know, I'm not mentioning the name, but I am. Listen, uh, if Simon wants to use somebody, Simon appears, will use them. OK. Um, Simon, according to the notes, the notes I've got, has not visited Shell the entire year for which she evaluated Holly, the principal. Simon's evaluation of Holly Burton is not based on any visitation that Simon made to the school that Holly Burton is the principal of. Scott, as of right now, in my understanding, has been cleared of any wrongdoing, but he's been publicly relieved of his duties. Yes, Janet Hunter, there is a school board meeting tomorrow. Isn't that strange how I received this today? Okay. Isn't that curious, Janet Hunter? I have received this today from the research team members. <clears throat> Miss research some of the notes I've got here. Make sure I've covered them all. <clears throat> all right. Those are some of the notes. Now, needless to say, Mr. Burton has hired an attorney. <clears throat> I've also been given a copy of the letter because it's uh, public information, public information of the letter from Mr. Burton's attorney to Carly Simon. Would production please put that letter up? The law offices of Brian McCarry have been hired by Mr. Burton. I'll go. I'm, we're going to put this letter on Ward's Hot Bulletin Board. We're also, also going to supply this letter to uh, uh, Jennifer Cabrera, Electric Chronicle. We're also going to probably supply uh, this letter to Independent Alligator. And you, the public, have it. So you, the public, can do what you need to do if you need to do anything. Yes. You're talking about the, the thing we just put up? Yeah. And we're putting a link now in the Facebook chat to this letter. <clears throat> I'm watching to see. I'm a little bit behind you. <clears throat> there it is. Now, what is that issue here with the attorney? is the denial of due process. As I read it. I want to just show you a couple of lines in this, which you, the public, can do what you want to with it. But 
the attorney says to Simon that the district is circumventing state and federal constitutional protections afforded to every citizen and employee. That's in paragraph one. These are things I underline. You may underline other things. In paragraph two, apparently the Lachlan County School Board District has no policies to enforce related to administration of Camp Crystal Lake. Apparently they've just been made up by Simon. Once again, it appears that the district has not provided Burton with the allegations lodged against him. Any witness statements, anything of the nature. If Mr. Burton is guilty of some violation of policies that don't exist, evidently, then it's up to the school board to conduct its own investigation. And the attorney for Burton has a right to cross the, uh, uh, examine those and examine the evidence and all that if this is a fair and square. <clears throat> Consequently, it appears that Mr. Burton's reputation has been tarnished by Simon and that she's repeatedly violated the provisions of federal and Florida laws and that this is not atypical behavior of hers. This has been generally her approach to school board employees. According to the attorney, these transgressions by her are more than enough grounds for her immediate termination. Immediate termination. Tomorrow night, March 1st. In the letter, of course, Dr. Simon has made Prescott Cowles her handpicked personal assistant. From what's popping up here, evidently Prescott Powell's is, Cowles is in the eyes of some of the commentaries on here. But when you allow yourself to be associated with Simon, evidently that changes. So you can see here that there are requests. My knowledge, none of them has been answered. The attorney for Burton believes that Simon has not followed district procedures, never referred the case to human resources, never conducted an investigation, and is therefore a witch hunt. There's not a single allegation by Simon that established a prima facie basis to sustain any violation by uh, Burton of any board policy. Any services that Simon expects Burton to pay for were in place prior to Burton's assuming the role as director of the camp. So states the attorney's letter. 
So an issue here is Simon's treatment of employees. For those of you who've been wanting a smoking gun, this is a smoking gun, it appears to me. This has been presented by an officer of the court, an attorney. The background story, I've been supplied with a lot of details about. which you can <clears throat> listen to and sort of get the gist of the story behind the story. If you have any questions, uh, if you want to sideline, call me 352-325-3938 on the Melton Law Hotline. I'll see that come across my screen as a text message. Or if you want to Facebook chat, I'm watching right now. I'm watching, I'm just being quiet for a moment as I read some of the things here. So, we will put this letter from Bakari out as widely as we can distribute here as soon as we're off the air. We'll put it on Ward's Hot Bulletin Board. And we will keep the link here on today's show. I'm just reading uh, comments now. It's reason there's silence. If you're listening to me later on Spotify, I haven't gone away. Um, <clears throat> Just looking at comments. So the issue apparently is denial of due process and the evidence is to be discovered and it's been difficult discovering the evidence. Um, so, so there you are. Um, let's see if I've got everything. Got a lot of notes here on the Camp Crystal, which I've picked up from people who know about it. So to recap with you, this starts out as a Shell Elementary issue <clears throat> and blows all the way out into a performance issue of the superintendent of schools. That woman is despicable. We've got about five minutes here left on the Ward Scott files. Um, I'll just comment very briefly on... Uh, some of the things that are going on, of course, as you know, um, we have our Ukraine situation, which is not nice and not pretty and very uncomfortable, actually, to watch um, all the displaced people. Um, this is um, well received in our treatment of this discussion, if you want to check it out, between uh, me and my guest Friday, Ramsey Samurai. Uh, that's posted. Also on uh, Facebook, it's posted on Spotify, 
and uh, wardscottfiles.com <clears throat> and Apple Podcasts. And I also put it out on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm putting more and more things on LinkedIn. Um, and I think if you want to really understand the history of Russian paranoia, all you have to do is listen to Ramsey explain it. You have to remember that Ramsey has the highest security clearance in the land. Uh, he is advisor to the president, uh, advisor to the State Department. Much of that we don't talk about, can't talk about, and won't talk about. Uh, but some of the other things we can discuss, and uh, we have done pretty, pretty, uh, pretty thoroughly on Friday's show. So if you want to check out a discussion about the uh, Ukraine, um, there are more things coming, by the way, as I understand it from the research team on uh, the relationship of the state attorney uh, to the sheriff and the relationship of the state attorney uh, to the examples of, uh, of uh, prison uh, violations in, 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 the, in the election um, by those people. So that's uh, only coming forward too. Um, I think I'm gonna call it a day today. I got through this hour uh, filled with pollen, but I seem to be, I'm gonna try to go gargle something, I guess. And if you have any questions, of course, you may contact me privately. I'll discuss whatever you wanna discuss if I can discuss it. Have a great day. Warthog Command Center out.